Well, hello and good morning. Welcome, welcome, welcome. To the podcast that we call Mondays, Mondays with, with Mike, Mike and Mary. Mary. Hi, everyone. It's our chance to reflect back on our coaching calls the past week and pick some highlights for you. And we do Ask the Experts and we do Parade Techniques. And we usually start with Parade Techniques. So, Mary. I get to go first? Yeah. All right. I do, I do, I do. All right. It was hard to choose this week. We had so many good ones. But I've got a student who listens to podcasts uh, every morning, like as she's getting out of the shower, as she's getting ready for the day. It's the way that she starts her day. And she listened to a message this week that talked about the difference between being overwhelmed and being busy. See, I think, and especially in a good market, especially at this time of year, we probably have all kinds of listeners out there, Michael, that are feeling like they're overwhelmed. They just can't deal with it all. They're so busy every minute, you know. And I know it all too well. Yeah, I think we hear that a lot from a lot of people. We do. So what I loved is this person who she was listening to, and I don't even know who that was, said, you're not overwhelmed because you're too busy. It's your mind that's too busy. So stop and plan. And here was the amazing thing about that message. And it seems like this is such a common theme for us all the time. Oh, um, that's what Floyd has taught us. <laughs> you know, if we plan our week in advance, that's called the smart week. And if we did that in a rhythmic manner, so it's like every Friday, every Saturday, every Sunday, whatever day of the week it is, if we started saying, I'm going to plan the next seven days and then if we did that plan, mm -hmm. which by the way, I'm going to do a quick recap. The first thing you do is write down all the things that you already committed to being or doing. You put those in your calendar. The second thing you do is you plan your time off. And especially this time of year when you've got kids home from school, when you've got spouses that are putting up with you being super busy, you need to structure and plan your family time. Then the third thing you do is plan your prospecting time because when we're busy, yeah. what's the first thing we eliminate? It's our prospecting time. And if you don't prospect when you're busy, you won't be busy. And then everything else fits in are after those first three things are done. But the second part of Smart Week is to do that top five every single day, laying out what is the most important thing to do. So I love that phrase. It's your mind that's too busy. Stop and plan. And as usual, most of the stuff we really need to hear and apply, we've already heard. We just forgot to apply and it came from Floyd. And don't forget if you're out of balance a little bit, to color code in between the planning and the top five. Yeah. The, I love those two words, in advance. Oh, yeah. yeah not, not a diary. Yeah. Not not here. <laughs> but there, there's places where people put stuff in their planner after they do it. Oh, yeah. Sometimes when I'm going around looking at people's Smart Week in class, yeah. I'm watching them write in or color in what oh, they did. What I'm like, did, yeah. why are you doing that? I'm standing <laughs> right here. Ah, what's your parade of techniques this week, my dear? Kind of a warning. Oh. Yeah. One of our uh, one of our students has a historic home for sale. Well, like a landmark home that's in the registry of his, oh. uh, historic American homes. Lovely. And, and it's gotten a lot of showings and no offers. And was wondering why. And then Googled the listing and found... There were urban legends about this house being haunted. Oh, seriously? Online. Yeah, they're, they're not true. Well, how and do you the, know? The family that lived there said, <laughs> we wouldn't have lived here for 37 years. There were ghosts in the house. But 
what she's doing now is in advance of showings and in advance of open house warning people. Now, if you go online and Google the house, you'll hear all kinds of stupid stuff that really isn't true. It's just an urban legend, but you know what the internet's like. Yeah. How many, how many examples of the internet perpetuating stupid stuff that isn't true can you name? Like thousands. But it's, it's out there and it's out there forever. So Google your listing if you have any suspicion that there might be some gossip out there that's preventing people from committing. What a cool parade of techniques. <laughs> now, we're going to move from uh, parade of techniques to ask the experts because you know what our focus is in our squared coaching. First, our focus is create a focus on your numbers. Create an awareness of your numbers. Create uh, the experience of making measurable progress toward your goal. That's how you stay motivated, is you see progress. You feel progress. You're getting somewhere. And then the second thing is to share ideas, and sometimes even to bounce ideas off a board of directors. But the, the, the real core of R squared, the real value, is expanding your thinking into what's possible, what's fixable. What can be removed as an obstacle? What challenges can be met? What uh, problems can be easily solved if we just are willing to give it to our team? Give what you have. You'll always get back what you need. It's not that we're focused on what's wrong. It's that we're focused on how to get us to where we want to go. And that's what the Ask the Experts is about. That's why I love that the brilliance of that formula. Here's my number one goal. Here's my number one challenge. Give me one piece of advice. What was yours this week? Well, speaking of looking at your numbers, I think understanding your ratios and your coach pointing out the ratios is sometimes part of that solution. Mm -hmm. How do we hit our goal? How do we expand our minds? Well, first you have to have somebody say, uh, excuse me, you, you need a listing. So I had a student that reported his numbers this week, zero, zero, zero. How many listing appointments scheduled? Zero. Attended? Zero. Well, then I looked at last week. Oh, last week was one scheduled and no, none attended. And then I went to look the week before and it was zero, zero, zero. And, and I when went... When was it scheduled for? 2023? Well, <laughs> and so here's what I'm saying to you. What, what, I, what, I, what I noticed. If you have not been on a listing appointment for three weeks, someone needs to tap you on the shoulder and say, excuse me, <clears throat> mm. uh, wouldn't it be a crime to be accused of being a realtor and there's not enough evidence to convict you? And even if you've got sales, what's going on with your listing inventory? So at that moment, I said, I want you to think about this as an ask the experts question. What's holding you back from getting on those appointments? And so sure enough, that's what came out. My number one goal is to get a listing this week. Um, you know, the challenge I'm having is I'm not going on enough appointments. Uh, if you could give me one piece of advice for getting more listing appointments, what would it be? And boy, did he get some great advice. You know, talk to everybody you know. Do, look at FISBOs, you know, call some FISBOs. Uh, follow up with old leads. Uh, do some door knocking. Um, and follow up with the people that told you they were going to list, but they're holding off. And so, you know, that was part of it. He's got a lot of things under his fingernails that just haven't popped yet. Go back to those people and this week get a listing. And all of that is good advice. 
And here's the first thing. Decide. Yeah. I mean, really, decide. I'm going to get a listing this week. I need a listing this week. And you're 50% of the way toward getting that listing this week. So make a little sign. Put it in your face saying, I'm getting a listing this week. Change your screensaver. You know, um, I don't know. Make a poster if you need to on the front of your garage door. I need a listing this week. I'm getting a listing this week. Get everybody you know saying, do you have a listing this week? So um, I think there's probably a listener out there that needs to do that that needs a listing this week, or maybe two listings this week. So go get one. What's your parade of techniques? Oh, I love that formula. Starting every Monday, right? Work on bringing in a listing first. Separate lookers from buyers and show and sell in-house inventory. I'll ne- we'll never forget that. Well, it's still true. It's yeah, timeless. Absolutely. I had to ask the experts that conflated. Oh, no. You only get one per session. They were on two separate teams. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I love when that happens. Well, sure. A common theme. And there was a situation on one team where uh, a listing agent had had advertised a listing that said offers will be entertained on Tuesday. Yeah. Unless the seller accepts one before then. Oh. So they want to have their cake and eat it too. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. But that conflated into... The next asked the experts, which was, I'm experiencing multiple offers again. What's your best strategies and tactics for getting my offers accepted or at least looked at better than the other offers? And Other than overbidding, outbidding everybody. Yeah. Right. And so we heard some new things. Oh, good. Well, one of them was we're, we're now using non-refundable earnest money. Mm-hmm. Not just a large earnest money, but we're making it non-refundable. I thought that was smart. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the escalation clause or acceleration clause, but they're doing theirs in $250 increments. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I thought that was different. Uh, The buyer agrees to pay 1% of my commission. Oh. That's new and different. Yep. I like that. Uh, obviously, they said, ask the listing agent the magic question. What can you tell me mm-hmm. that'll help us write the best offer? Mm-hmm. Include a credit report along with the pre-approval letter. Oh, the more you can make your buyer look solid. Yep. And get your uh, get your buyer approved by two separate lenders. That one. I love that one. Yeah. But the the overarching theme here is the same thing Floyd told us at Master Sales Academy, which was negotiate money face-to-face. I've never been in and never seen or heard of a multiple listing jurisdiction where the buyer's agent did not have the right to be present when their offers were presented. Now, you and I hearken back, at least I do, to the good old days, sitting around the kitchen table, listing agent, buyer's agent, mom and pop, the sellers. And that's how offers were always presented. And of course, we've gotten away from that because technology has taken the place of face-to-face negotiation. But it's time for us to to commit to repersonalizing our business. It's become impersonal. It's become distant. It's become digital. Ones and zeros, binary, and not face-to-face. And if 
if it's possible. When it's possible. You can get face-to-face to negotiate money, and that's the way to win at multiple offers, is to repersonalize the business. All of those forces that are at work trying to extract the agent from the center of the transaction, we've got to counteract that. And there's only one way to do it, and that's to repersonalize our business and get face-to-face as often as we possibly can. I'm with you on that one. That's for sure. Hey, everyone. Have a marvelous week this week. We love you. Go get a listing. (laughs) 